listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. I'm Christian Hartman with Walter's Clore Health, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, pharmacy community, this is Todd Urey, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast, for another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, I have a pharmacy professional in place, a PharmD, someone who does a ton of research for our industry, specifically in compounding. This is Mr. Christian Hartman. Uh, He's with Walters Coral Health, and he recently helped to uh, come uh, to the market with a report, and it was called The Recommendations on the Oversight of Compounding Pharmacy in the Commonwealth. It's referencing um, the state of Massachusetts, New England Compounding Center, and it was published in 2009, and I want to introduce everyone today uh, listening to the Pharmacy Podcast to Christian. How are you doing today, Christian? Great, Todd. So I got a hold of this report uh, through a common um, contact that you and I both know, Mr. John Poinkman, and uh, he's, of course, a a statey of the great state of Massachusetts as well. And um, I was very interested because compounding pharmacy, not only in itself, uh, but as a part of community pharmacy and as a part of expanding business for uh, pharmacy owners throughout the country, um, is becoming very prevalent. So I wanted to have you on the show to kind of uh, do a question and answer session based on this report. And uh, before we do so, I just want to turn things over to you, Christian, so that you can give our audience just an overview of yourself, a uh, little bit about um, what you're doing, and uh, then we'll get into um, questions about this report. Sure. Um, just just to give a just a quick background on uh, where I have been and and how I got uh, here. Uh, for the past nine years or so, uh, I, I have served as the med safety officer for UMass up here in Worcester, Massachusetts and have uh, been actively engaged as well uh, um, in the medical school and the nursing school. Uh, I founded a little group, it's a uh, med safety officer group, ASMSO, in 2006, and we have grown to over 1,000 members of med safety experts. Uh, after After serving as the med safety officer at UMass, uh, I moved on to Walters Kluwer Health, where at Walters Kluwer Health, uh, I have been heading up the um, the standardization of rules uh, and the clinical rules around patient safety and quality with our clinical surveillance pr- products. I became involved with compounding uh, really late in 2012. Uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was um, looking to establish a team uh, of experts from uh, multiple backgrounds uh, to make recommendations to the governor uh, to to submit legislation to make changes to compounding in the Commonwealth as a result of the of the events from the NECC. Very good, and and thus this beginning of this report is truly a 
very baseline summary of where this can all go and then and what would we all consider of course necessary to further the practice of compounding pharmacy and when i read through this and understand how much it can be expanded and how it can also continue to be invested in through your team um, the pharmacy industry especially as it pertains to compounding really continues to evolve and adapt especially in this changing market um, and the value that the pharmacist brings to the table, depending on the speciality that you're in, including many of the expansions in specialty pharmacy, uh, brings to the table the need for um, um, checks and balances. So this following recommendation that, that you had presented um, is a significant step towards improving the safety and quality of compounding practices in the state of Massachusetts. However, uh, it's a trend setting. It's something that I believe needs to happen um, throughout the entire country. Um, and uh, we're excited uh, uh, to have you on the show. So I'm going to start with some questions, if you don't mind. Great. So first of all, um, this is the beginning of a much larger study. So what is the timetable to coming out with uh, additional information uh, for specifically the state of Massachusetts? Sure. Well, when we were tasked with pulling this report or for, for generating this report, um, it re really started in October of um, 2012. Um, the governor appointed me to head up the group and, um, and develop a preliminary report uh, within uh, one month's time. The the, the group really started the work in late November and completed our report in late changes and in, in updates to align with, uh, with what, what the Commonwealth of Massachusetts needed for regulatory changes as well as new laws. Upon submitting the report to the governor, um, the governor uh, has drafted uh, legislative changes, which was su submitted as a bill, and it's currently um, being reviewed um, by the legislature in Massachusetts um, for for adoption of as as a law. At the same time, Senator Montigny in Massachusetts has drafted his own bill, and that is making its way through the Senate side. Now, I had to uh, um, uh, report out uh, my f findings in the report, but also take a look at the legislation and, and, the and the legislative bill itself to identify where there might be some gaps. So I really expect over the next month or two, uh, we will see the amendments filed and some clarifications around where the legislation will will finally go. What we're going to do, just so the listeners understand, is we'll be posting in the details of the podcast um, a link to this summary that, um, that Christian was um, very much a part of. So um, the Special Commission on the Oversight of Compounding Pharmacy. Um, Christian, with everything kind of coming to the point in time that we're at today, um, can we learn from other state board compositions and exercise 
uh, of regulatory oversight? Uh, can we um, look at other states that have done something and kind of combined it to come up with maybe uh, someday, per se, something on a national level? Well, certainly um, Representative Markey with the, with the valid bill would, would like to see more of a federal, um, federal involvement of compounding. Um, it, however, uh, we felt and our group felt that the practice of pharmacy um, should and, and does reside within the states with the individual boards within each state. Certainly, there are some states that do things better. Uh, certainly, other states, the boards of pharmacy uh, currently oversee the practice and compounding and adopt those regulations and submit bills that will make compounding uh, safe and quality for the patients that need it. Uh, we looked at a number of, of, of states and we looked at our board and we looked at the gaps that led to the NECC. And there's definitely some shared responsibility between the business owner of the NECC and some, uh, some gaps in the regulations to oversee that. So the special commission um, reading that it approached its change with the following three principles and then I'm going to have you just uh, expand on each of the three and three principles is safety and quality is the foundation for all compounding activities number two is compounding is a necessary service to meet the needs of patient care which you've already mentioned and then number three oversight of pharmacy practice must be just, transparent, and comprehensive. So, you know, Christian, I read those, and that's that should be all of pharmacy number one. But obviously, this is the subject of compounding pharmacy. I could, I could definitely see this become a uh, a federal uh, mandate in its approach to to reaching this for the safety of the public. Yeah, the 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 foundation by which we. Um, developed the report on, I think, was a critical step for us. Um, there was a lot of um, negative press. Um, the emotions were extremely high. Um, the finger pointing was was actively going on, and I had to chair a group of pharmacists, quality leaders. Um, legal representation, members of the Senate, the House of Re Representatives, and the Department of Public Health. And I was acutely aware that the emotions were high and we needed to ground ourselves in, in I, what I thought was the three most important things. That any recommendation that we came up with had to align with those three things, safety and quality. Number one, and that's the top of the list and that should be the top of every single list that in pharmacy and, and, in, and in the practice and in this report, it's compounding that safety and quality has to be the, f the foundation by which we compound. Number two, we have to acknowledge 
that compounding is needed. And there were conversations, and, and, and I heard a lot of them, and, and, and the Twitter uh, you know, feeds were very active around this, um, of really pointing the finger at compounding as a whole and not the type of compounding that the NECC was actually doing, which to me was not compounding per se, it was ma manufacturing. That compounding is actually needed as long as it's safe and, and quality. And the third and final piece is, is that as a practice, we, we wanna be, uh, we wanna hold ourselves to a standard that is extremely high. Uh, and, and that standard has got to be high with regulations that are very clear and, ju and justified and comprehensive to cover the practice of pharmacy, which has evolved from the mom and pop stores. And with that, I think that the independent community pharmacies throughout the country that really want to expand would get behind any any of this type of regulation in order to expand possibly their business. Um, I know of pharmacies in the state of California that I've talked with, uh, Texas, uh, down in Florida, obviously here in our home state, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, all of them wanting to expand their business into, into a compounding pharmacy. And the first question they're asking is, you know, we really need to understand regulations. We need, need to understand... Uh, specific state requirements, um, and I think the refinement, which seems to be led by um, many different organizations, uh, can come to one final um, stipulation and 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 report such as this uh, commission has helped to put together to make sure that across the board, Christian, that we're we're following some very specific standards um, that I think is going to preserve and also um, raise um, awareness to the quality and the need for pharmacy. Absolutely. And um, when I was first chosen to chair this group, um, my a question back back to, to, to the governor's office was, uh, why me? Um, I don't actively compound. Um, this is the, that's not my background and and really what the governor said is or, or what his representative said was you're a quality and safety expert and that is your background and that has got to be uh, the basis by which uh, a pharmacy uh, it takes place when uh, we, we spent a great deal of time uh, trying to understand where the gaps are, and it's not just in in our state. It's 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 in many many states. And we we identified that there's just a general lack of regulation uh, extending beyond retail pharmacy and long-term care. Um, that's I think well defined within our our regulations. But I think it would I think it would be important for all states to take a look at what the regulations currently oversee, and are there any gaps? Has the practice of pharmacy evolved so much that there needs to be uh, more targeted regulations 
and th and that's what we that's what we came up with. We I, we identified that if if anybody is engaged in high risk compounding, actually I believe we put medium to high risk compounding, that there should be regulations and licensing around that. High risk compounding is is at the top of the risk level for what a a pharmacist can do. And we have seen that when the quality standards and the and the implementation of the acknowledged standards of USP uh, are not done, um, we see this multi-state out outbreak and the tragic deaths. Well, as uh, pharmacy professionals and medical uh, professionals, healthcare professionals, um, it's all of our duty to ensure the um, public, the safety of, of the public. So um, I, I commend you in, in, your, in your ongoing research as well as this report uh, specifically. Uh, we'll be looking out for uh, some follow-up, obviously. We'll be following you. You have a, a great you know, Twitter following. I follow you on LinkedIn. Um, and very much appreciate what you're doing. Um, wanted to also thank you for being on the show. Uh, as I said, uh, we will post uh, a summary of this uh, report in the details. But um, Christian, I just wanted to, to thank you again for, um, for being on the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Well, Todd, thank you for, for giving me the time here to share the work that we have done. And I'm hopeful that the pharmacists in, in other states um, look at the report and, um, and identify if any of the recommendations could be of, of value to their states. It makes absolute sense, Christian. Thank you so much. All right, Todd. Thank you. We are on with Christian Hartman, PharmD. With Walters Kluwer, and he was chosen uh, for the state of Massachusetts to do an incredible study on uh, compounding pharmacy. We will be posting these details, and we very much thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.